Well, good morning, ACF Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, good, awesome. Man, some of y'all are still, like, you fought to get out of bed, didn't you, with the negative temperatures and all that? Well, man, I'm glad that you guys are here. Uh, my name is Cody Harmon. I'm one of the pastors here on staff at ACF, and I'm just so excited that you are here with us this morning to worship with us and continue in our series called The Deeper Life. Uh, that we've been talking throughout this series about how it can be easy for us to, to maybe coast or to, to stay kind of in a, a superficial place in life where we just go from one thing to the next, but that there's so much for us that God has for us in the deeper life. And so we're going to continue looking at that this morning of, of how do we experience that as we pray through burnout. All right, that's going to be the, the main thing that we look at today. And burnout's one of those topics that can be uh, kind of vague. Right? It can be depending on maybe your definition or what you've heard of it. It may be like, it was, what is burnout? Like, is this even real? Is this, just, is this something that just millennials and Gen Z complain about? Like, what, like, what actually is burnout? And, and for, for those of you in here this morning, you may be in a place where you are in the middle of it. Or some of you may be like, I don't, I don't really know what this looks like for me. Uh, that, that we can have some different uh, spots we're at in life with that. And uh, you know, I, uh, I, me and my wife moved up here to Alaska this past July, uh, July 4th, and uh, so I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I've always lived before we moved up here, and so a big thing for, for us, you know, just growing up and, and going into college and all that in Atlanta was going to watch the Atlanta Braves play. They're the best team in baseball. Um, I don't care who else you like, they're the best. Thank you. The two of us, man, two of us in here love the Braves, but uh, except when they choke, which is every year. So uh, but that, that was a big thing for us was going to Braves games. And uh, there was, there was a, a time where two of my friends, Tyler and Cody, uh, were going down to a game with a group of friends. And this isn't one of those things where I'm like, my friend Cody, but it's actually me. Like, this is a totally different guy. Uh, both of these guys are idiots. That's important for this story. Uh, so um, Tyler and Cody went to a game with a, with a group of our friends. And uh, Tyler knew his way around downtown Atlanta. Like, he worked in downtown Atlanta. This is where the Braves used to play. Uh, and and uh, he knew his way around, knew all the different side roads to get back out faster, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he did not drive. Uh, Cody did drive, and he hated driving in Atlanta. That, that he didn't know his way around. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know all of the stuff. But Cody had a cooler truck. And in the South, you decide who's going to drive by who has the cooler truck. And so, uh, so they, they drive down to the game, have a good time. Everything's great. And then they go to leave, and Cody thinks he knows how to get home. And, and so he gets on the interstate and starts driving, and nobody questions it. They're, they're headed home. And then a couple of hours later, Tyler in the backseat realizes this is a 45-minute drive. Uh, why are we not home yet? And so he looks out the window and starts seeing interstate signs for Augusta, Georgia. And um, yeah, some of y'all have been to Georgia. So if you haven't been there, don't know Georgia geography, that's fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Augusta. It's a fine city. They play the Masters there every year, the PGA Tour, if you're into golf. Uh, that's in Augusta. Augusta is also two hours away from where we lived in the opposite direction. And so this would be like if you lived in Eagle River and you went to an, uh, an event in Anchorage one night, and then instead of coming home from the event, you drove to Cooper's Landing. And then you still had to turn around and come home from that. And so it's midnight and they're in Augusta, and Tyler's like, Cody, why are we in Augusta? And Cody was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I was going home, got on the interstate, and headed east. And Tyler was like, we live west. Well, how did, how did we get here? And so maybe some of you feel like Cody where, uh, you know, you were on the interstate and you're driving and there's all kinds of signs uh, around you telling you you're headed for burnout and you're like, these are neat and you just keep driving and you're just going the wrong direction and you don't even realize that you're headed for burnout. 
Or some of you may be like Tyler where you're on the interstate and there's signs, there's, there's all this stuff happening around you, but you just are distracted and you're, you're just not even paying attention to the signs that you know are there that could take you to the right place, but we're still headed towards burnout. And so wherever you're at this morning with that, if you're, if you're like, man, I don't, I've never experienced burnout, I don't know what that looks like, or if you're in here and you're like, man, I am burned to a crisp. Like, I have been burned out for a while and I don't know how to get through this. My hope of this morning is that if you, if you are feeling burned out, that there would be uh, some tips or some tools or, or some, some things that you can go to um, with God as you are, are finding how to get out of this season of burnout in your own life. But if you're also in here and you're maybe not currently burned out or haven't fully felt what that feels like, that, e- that even then you would walk out of here today knowing that God has a purpose for your life and that you would have the steps to take to see what it is that God has uniquely designed you for. Because as all of us probably know, we are not at our best when we're burned out. Right? If we're just exhausted and tired and going from one thing to the next, uh, that we are not at our best. And, and scripture actually talks about this in the book of Isaiah. It shows us the kind of the dichotomy of what it looks like to, to either be burned out or to not be burned out living the way that God has intended for us to live. And so Isaiah chapter 40 uh, verses 28 through 31 say this. It says, do you not know and have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And so some of you this morning might think like, man, that sounds great. Like on paper, that sounds awesome. Like you know, on, with soaring on wings like eagles, like that's like, we should put that on greeting cards. That's such a great thought, but I don't feel like I'm soaring. I feel like I'm falling out of a tree and hitting every branch on the way down to the ground. And so how, like, how is this for me? And, and what, I, what I think when I read this is that we've all probably felt both of those, of feeling weary and tired, but also feeling renewed and strong. And, and I think that when we read this, that we can see that this is God's desire for us. Not that we would just press through, not that we would just figure out how to get through difficult seasons in our life, but that we would turn to God and that God would renew us and that God would be our strength in those seasons. And that regardless of what's happening, that God is there and is present with us. And so as we talk about burnout this morning, we're going to look at how do we fight this? Like, how do we get through this? But we also need to know what we're talking about when we say burnout. So I looked up some symptoms this past week of burnout so we would all kind of be on the same page of what we're talking about. And these will be on the screen as well. But here are some symptoms of what it means to be burned out. There's helplessness, uh, cynicism, sense of failure or self-doubt decreased satisfaction, feeling detached or alone, or feeling a loss of motivation. All right, so show of hands, uh, how many of you have felt one or more of these at any given point in your life? Well, it's, it's probably, probably all of us. And then how many of you, when you felt this, were like, man, I can't wait to go to work tomorrow? <laughs> like, I, I am not motivated at all. I hate my job. I hate the person I sit next to, and I am just so excited to be there. Or how, how many of you have been like, man, like I cannot wait to have this really difficult conversation with my kids because I'm just so exhausted right now that you come home from work and you're tired and then your kid does something and you're like, man, I'm so pumped to have this conversation because I have nothing left to give. 
that that's just not how it works. That's not how we operate. But I think the thing that we can do a lot of times is we see the symptoms of burnout and we start trying to treat the symptom, but we never actually get to the cause of what is creating this burnout in our lives to begin with. And so we end up just trying to treat the symptoms over and over. We never actually get anywhere with it. And so we're going to look at two causes of burnout uh, today. And the, the first one is probably the most obvious cause of burnout. And it's being burned out from doing too much. All right, you just, you're constantly going, your schedule is full, your, your to-do list is always full, and then we get burned out from doing too much. The, the, maybe the phrase burning a candle at both ends uh, comes to mind for you with this particular type of, uh, of burnout. And the, the other thing, too, that's maybe difficult to talk about with burnout is that it can be kind of vague. Right? Like the, even the phrase too much can be subjective because all of our lives look different. That, that each of us in here has a different capacity for, for what we're capable of or what, for, for what we can take on and of what stresses us out. But there, that's just the way that it is, that we're all gifted in different things. We all have different capacities. And so there are different things that could cause us to be burned out. And so you could, you know, bring your, your calendar to me and your to-do list and you can say, hey, is, is, you talked about burnout. Is this calendar, is this schedule and this to-do list going to burn me out? And my answer would be, I don't know, you tell me because you have a different capacity than, than me and we've got a different capacity from someone else. That's just the way that it is. And, or maybe there's, there's, you know, throughout different seasons of life, you see that burnout affects you differently. You know, that maybe uh, currently, maybe you're dealing with, with some kind of grief of a loss of a loved one or, or you, there's something going on in your family and that can make burnout look different and that, that can make um, maybe less things will, will tend to burn us out in that season than in other seasons of our life. Uh, or maybe you, you've got uh, something stressful going on uh, at home or at work that you maybe have lost a job. There, there's, there's something there that you're like, man, I, I feel like there's, there, it takes way less to maybe set me off or to make me exhausted or to make me tired because there's so much happening in that season. Or, or maybe that's something that, that you have done yourself, that there's just poor planning, that we've just said yes to too many things, that we've just filled up our calendar too much, that we've left ourselves too little margin, and now we're burning ourselves out from just doing too many things. You know, and a, a side note for that, that a lot of times if, if someone's got poor planning or, or they're, they're like me and maybe can stack their meetings too much or, or say yes to too much and they're doing too many things in their, their own life with that, that what a lot of times what you'll hear people say is, man, I'm just really bad at saying no. Rather, like, I'm, I'm just bad at saying no to things. And I would actually argue that you're pretty good at saying no. Because you might be bad at saying no at work to, to opportunities there or what's being asked of you with that. But that might make you really good at saying no to your family that we're spending a lot of time at work with things that we can control, and so we end up saying no more to our family and things at home. Or maybe there's, there's uh, things that come up in your life where people uh, need your help, and, and you overextend yourself in helping, and, and you're like, well, I'm, I'm really bad at saying no to helping others, and, and helping people is good, that that's what we should do is if you're a believer, is the church, and it's just a good thing to do. But some of you might be, might be um, bad at saying no to people that need help, but you're good at saying no to yourself and healthy boundaries that you need to set up to, to do what God has asked you to do. And so there's, there's poor planning that can also lead us to burnout. And uh, there's, there's all kinds of things that, that can happen, but whatever the core issue is, there is something that can lead all of us to being burned out from doing just too much stuff. 
And when you get to that point, you've probably felt that kind of sense of, man, man like, like we're, we're dropping balls, we've got too many plates spinning, and we're trying to keep everything going. And so we end up kind of like being a little kid if you don't know how to swim and just being thrown in the pool, and you're flailing your arms around, and you're like, I hope I do something that makes me feel less burned out at some point, and we're just, we're hoping something sticks. And I had this, this even come up uh, in my own life last week, just kind of this picture of I was like, man, this is what it feels like when I'm burned out. Uh, like I, I mentioned, uh, me and my wife just moved up here this summer, and so driving in snow is a new thing for us. Uh, typically in Atlanta, if it snows, we all just agree that nothing exists anymore, that work doesn't matter, you don't need groceries, it's just you don't get on the roads because it would just look like Mad Max out on the roads. And, and so for us, it's like, you know, now it snows and people are like, yeah, go to work, and that's just, that's new. And so, uh, you know, it, we had our first kind of big snowfall last uh, Wednesday night, and, you know, I was here at, uh, at the services uh, that Wednesday, and did what I always do. I left church, went to Taco Bell to get dinner on the way home. Uh, it's great for you. Don't listen to what the media says. It's awesome. And um, so I got home and uh, did what I always do, just kind of in my routine. Uh, I always back into our garage or a parking spot, I don't know why I do it. My wife hates that I do it. It's just a thing. I don't know. And so I, I got in my routine where I hit our garage door button, and I, I pulled up to back into our garage. And as soon as I pulled up, I realized I have made a terrible mistake. Because of poor planning on my part, I drive a two-wheel drive SUV. And I also didn't have snow tires at the time because I was like, I'll get them later. It hasn't even snowed yet. And so, um, again, just not listening. So, so I'm, I'm sitting there in the, the, uh, the driveway of our townhome with a two-wheel drive car with no snow tires, and I just am, like, planted in that spot. I'm just completely stuck. I've actually got a picture that we'll put up here on the screen. Um, this is uh, my wife took this. To, she eventually came and helped, but she did this first. So um, that's always great. And, you know, you can even see our puppy down there in the corner looking out the window, and she's like, can y'all take me back to the adoption place, please? Like, is there, is there anyone smarter that can take care of me? Like, I'm just losing all kinds of trust, losing control of my house at this point. Like, and I'm, I'm just stuck there. And we live where there's two townhomes and a parking area in the middle. So it's like everyone's got a front row seat of just, like, the new guy just being stuck on asphalt. Like, there's not even, I was just trying to, I just wanted to go home and eat Taco Bell. That's all I wanted. And instead, I'm like in a dome of embarrassment, like just like being front row to all these people. So we, you know, my wife comes down and we start doing everything we can think of to get this car unstuck. Like I'm trying to like scrape snow out from the tires and that's not doing anything. I'm trying to shove two by fours underneath the tires that again, we sold almost all of our stuff to move here. So we don't own anything. I found two by fours in our garage. Don't know whose they are. Don't know why they were there, but they were there. So I'm like trying to get the tires to grip the two by four. That didn't work. My wife saw somewhere to put towels down. So I'm like, I, okay, I, well, we're doing all the dumb stuff she's seen on TikTok to do with snow. Like we have, we have nothing. We have no ideas. We have no materials. There is nothing. Meanwhile, a dog's upstairs just barking. And she's like, please, somebody else hear me to come like take me away from these people. And so eventually my neighbors come over and they help us push the car out and, and we get out of it. But for a lot of us, that's what we do when we're burned out. But like we just start flailing, and we're, we're burned out, and we, we, we've been doing too much, and so then we just keep doing things. Then we start to feel like we're losing control, and we're, we're trying to, to just make something stick and make something happen. But we're, we're doing all of this movement, but we're not actually going anywhere. But there was all kinds of movement with us trying to get that car out. And us, I'm, I'm like, like, like breathing heavy. I don't do cardio ever. I'm like breathing heavy, trying to like scrape out snow. I'm trying to just find stuff, and I'm exhausted, and that car stayed in the exact same spot. 
And so for a lot of us in here, we can start to, to do a lot of things and be very busy, but we don't actually go anywhere in our lives. And I think for a lot of us, that can come down to, the, to this point where we, we maybe are, are, are finding our identity in the things that we do. But we're doing so much that we don't actually know who we are. That we don't actually know our identity aside from all the things that we try to do. And so that we have to, we have to accomplish things. We have to, to hit our goals. We have to do all of these things in order for us to feel like we're worthy. And so if you struggle with this side of burnout, of doing too much, um, you, might, uh, you might be focused more on what you do than on who you actually are. And, and so for, for that side, there, there's actually a solution for us, that, that Jesus shows us the right way to live and shows us what that can look like. And in Mark 6, Jesus has this uh, famous miracle where he feeds 5,000 people with uh, this little kid's lunch, basically. And he feeds 5,000. When you add in uh, women and children, there might have been closer to, to 10 or 15,000 people um, there. And so he's done this, this huge work. He's had the most productive day that we've ever seen. And this is what it says he does afterwards. In Mark 6, uh, verse 45, it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. All right, so the most productive day in all of mankind, more productive than any of us have ever been, ended with Jesus going somewhere to rest and to pray. That he didn't go to, to veg out. He didn't go to, to try to get something else done uh, at the end of the day. That he went to rest and pray. And so for those of us that do too much and are focused on, on just what we're doing, we might struggle with the thought that we're only as good as our last accomplishment that they were only as good as the last thing that we did well. And so then we tie our identities to all the things that we do. But then my question is, if we're always just focused on what we do, and that's where we find our identity is in our success, then what happens to us when we fail? Because at some point, we're going to fail. We're going to let somebody down. We're not going to hit a goal. We're not going to accomplish what it is that we, that we wanted to. And if our identity is just tied to the things that we do, that's going to lead us to be burned out. And so if that's where you lean, if you lean on the side of burned out, being burned out from doing too much, then what I want you to hear this morning is that you were created to seek rest. That, that it is biblical that you were created to take a, to take a step back because you are not in control. That, that it doesn't all fall on you. And thank God that it doesn't fall on you or me or, or anyone uh, in here in this room. That it all rests on who God is. And so it's biblical for us to take a step back and rest. But a lot of times we can, we can fall into this trap where instead of taking a step back and resting, we just take our foot off the gas completely. That we're not actually truly resting, we just end up doing way less and think that that's going to help us. And so we go from being burned out from doing too much to then we pendulum swing all the way to the other side and we get burned out from doing too little. That maybe you've, you've ever, you felt that where, you know, you go on vacation and you get home and you're like, man, I need another vacation. Like, what, what is this? That, that we, we just took our foot all the way off the gas and didn't actually rest. We just didn't do as much as we had been doing. And there's actually a term for this called rust out. That it's maybe, maybe not quite on the burnout side where you have just gone uh, and done way too many things, but it's on the rust out side where we've gotten really stagnant and just sat there and haven't done anything. And, and this is the, the definition of burnout. Uh, it says, uh, if burnout is the stressed and tired employee rushing from one task to the next, rust out is their lethargic and unmotivated colleague. 
All right, so if burnout is burning the candle at both ends, rust out didn't even get up to light the candle to begin with. Rather that we can get in this place where we do too little. And there was a study done by the University of British Columbia that found that our brains are actually hardwired for laziness. That there is something in there where if you've ever been like, man, it's really hard to get out of bed and, and go to the gym, or it's really hard to, to get up and go, go read this book, or to, to get off of my phone and go do this thing, that, that it's maybe not that you're, you're not this like bad person, that there's actually something there that we're fighting against that's hardwired into our brain, and that's hardwired there for, for survival, right? That it's, it's a good system if you're Tom Hanks and you're stuck in Castaway on a desert, deserted island, and if you're like trying to get through the day and trying to survive and just literally make it to the next day, it's a good system to be lazy when you have downtime. You can serve energy, you can serve calories, that you don't have to go out and expend yourself, that he's not sitting there in castaway on this island training for a half marathon, that that just would not be a good use of time. But for all of us in here, we don't live on a deserted island. Like, we're not fighting just to, like, hope that we get rescued the next day. And so what happens is because our brains are hardwired that way, we end up in this place where we actually are not doing anything. And we think that we're resting, but we're actually burning ourselves out from never pursuing anything, from never uh, putting a step forward, from never taking a next step. And there's actually a Bible verse about this um, in Proverbs that if you're like, how does the Bible talk about burnout? It's like, well, the Bible's got everything. And so in Proverbs 19, verse 24, I love how the message version um, says this. It says, some people dig a fork into the pie, but are too lazy to raise it to their mouth. Do you have any idea what kind of day I would have had to have had to get a fork all the way in the pie? And then I'm just like, oh, I'm done. i like, I just, I, I can't, I can't do the second part of like, the only reason I care about Thanksgiving is pumpkin pie or, or sweet potato pie. It's the same, it's the same pie. But if I, if I got a fork all the way in the pie and it was just like, God, I just tap out. Like, no, dude, I'm just getting warmed up. Like I, the fork is in the pie. Like we're, we're halfway there. But scripture says, I mean, we can get burned out from doing too little and we get stuck in this place where we are not pursuing anything. Right, and so if you uh, struggle with, with being burned out and thinking that you're or burned out from too much and you think that you're uh, only as good as your last accomplishment, then being burned out from too little might mean that we struggle with the thought that we're not good enough to accomplish anything. And so we get into this place of like, well, why, why even try? Right, like I've, I've tried to fix my marriage. I've tried to, to reconcile with my spouse, but it's just nothing's worked, nothing's come up. So why even try to take that next step? I mean, I, I've, I've tried to fix my relationship with my kids or, or get through this parenting issue, but, but nothing's happening, nothing's changing there, and so what's the point in still trying to get through it? Or, man, I, I've, I've had this addiction, I've had this struggle for a while, and I, I've tried to do these things to get through it, and, and nothing's happening, nothing's been healed, nothing has been fixed, and so what's the point in still even pursuing that and trying to see that happen? And for, for a lot of us, that, it may seem like that's coming from um, this, this place of humility almost of like, man, like I, I just, I don't have it all. Like I don't have, have the resources. I don't have it all figured out. And it can seem like it's, it's humility, but it's actually a form of pride. Because what we're saying, when we're saying, man, there's no point in even trying to get through this, that, that God can't move in this situation, that why would I even turn to him in this when I haven't seen anything happen what we're saying is, man, what I've got going on is bigger than whatever God can do. Man, man I've got this issue. I've got this thing. There, there's something in my life that's bigger than what God can actually step in and do. 
And that, that's not the way that God intended for us to live. And, and so if you're in this place where you think like, man, I can't do anything, that, that I'm just stuck here, this is just my life, this is where I'm going to be for forever, what I want you to hear is that that is a lie from the pit of hell. Because the, the, the way that we fight burnout isn't by, by just being stuck in that and by coasting through this life, that God wants to meet you exactly where you're at, that God wants to do something in the exact season that you're in. And that's not a guarantee that everything will happen just the way that we want it to. You know, we've talked about that several times throughout the series. But it is a promise that God will be there with you. Because what I also want you to hear, if you struggle with being burned out from doing too little, is that you were created by a creator to create. That there is something healthy there about us not just taking our foot off the gas, but us resting to, so that we can then see what it is that God has for us. That, that if you struggle with being burned out from doing too little, that, that yes, it's true that we were created to seek rest, but you were also created to seek work. That there is a creator that knows everything about you, and he has uniquely gifted you, and he has given you something that, that he wants to use to reach the people around you. And, and so why would you rob yourself of the opportunity of seeing God work through your life and through your gifting and through the things that he's given you? Why would you rob the church of the things that God has, has gifted you with and has, has brought you through? Why would you rob the church of being able to see more of who Jesus is because of what he's doing through your life? That, that there, is, there is nothing that, that can keep us back from what it is that God has for us. And so, so if we struggle with doing too little, then we need to know that we were created to seek work. But the, the issue I think that happens a lot of times is that, that we maybe don't find um, a good rhythm in that that we just swing the pendulum from one side to the next. And we go from working a ton and, and having a big to-do list and a packed calendar, and then we swing all the way on the other side, and then we just take our foot all the way off the gas and just veg out completely. And then we end up in this place where we are constantly burned out, whether it's from doing too much or from doing too little. But either way, we're in this place where we're burned out and we can't move forward because we're stuck where we're at. And if, and if that's the case, if we're always doing that, then the problem is that we cannot be useful if we are burned out. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not loved. I'm not saying that you're not valued or valuable. But what I'm saying is how in the world can we possibly do what God has called us to do if we are constantly exhausted and burned out from living in a way that we were never designed to live in the first place? And, and so there's, there's a solution to all of this. And, and to be clear, I don't, I don't think the main culprit behind burnout is necessarily working too much. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily watching too much Netflix. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily stress in our life. That when we're burned out, all of those things may be present and they may be a part of it. But I think the biggest culprit behind us being burned out is not knowing what our purpose is. That if you, if you are constantly busy and constantly filling up your schedule, you may not know what you were designed for, so we just do everything. We're like, well, if I do all of it, I might hit what I was designed to do. And then on the other side, if you do too little, and you're like, man, I just, I can't accomplish anything, then I think if you knew what your purpose was, then, then we would be motivated to take a step. We'd be motivated to go where it is that God has called us because we know what our purpose is. And so the, for, for us to find out what it is that we're made for, Jesus gives us a, a clear way, I think, of, of how we can do this. Uh, in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 28, this is what Jesus says. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
right? I think this is what Isaiah is talking about that we read uh, earlier, that, that when we want to be renewed and we want to be restored and we want to soar on wings like eagles, that this is what it looks like, that rest can only be found in Jesus, and that's where we find our purpose. That, that for all of us in here, we can only find what we were created for by being with the one who created us. And so there's a, uh, I've got a very scientific formula for this of how we find this and how we do this in our life. So uh, this will be up on the screen as well. Um, this is what happens when you go to college for six years. You get like very scientific, detailed uh, formulas. But for all of us in here through this whole series, we talked about how prayer is the start of everything. That, that prayer uh, is just us communicating with God. That it doesn't have to be this thing always where you're, you're just in this, this room for hours on end. You've got candles lit. There's like your favorite Hillsong song playing in the background. Like that, that's great, but that, doesn't, that doesn't, isn't always what prayer looks like. That prayer is just us communicating with God. And as Jesus says in this verse, he says, come to me. That we just are in a communication with God. And then from that, we get to connect with God. That, that we're there with our creator, that we get to rest in who he is and as we rest and as we are there in the presence of the one that created us, we get to see what our purpose is. That we get to see what we were designed to do because we're with the one who designed us. And we get to see what that looks like for our lives. But this also isn't this like emergency parachute that we pull. That when we're, when we're headed towards burnout and we've gone too far down that road that we're like, well, man, maybe I should pray and ask God and rest and then this will kind of go away. That, that this isn't something that we just do when things are just too hard to move forward. This is something that we should do constantly. That this is a rhythm that God has set up for our life where we, we are, are created to seek work and then we're created to seek rest. And so when we, when we are going through this life that we don't have to be in this place of constantly being burned out that we don't have to live the way that the world lives, or we're, we're constantly going from one thing to the next, or we're constantly trying to figure out what our identity is and what we were made for, because God has made it clear that you, uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, that you are a son or a daughter of him, that that is your identity, and everything else just comes from that piece, that there is nothing else that we need to find. And so for us, we fight burnout by living out our God-given purpose. And if you're in here this morning and you're like, man, this is, that's great. How do I know what my purpose is? Like, how in the world do I, do I know what that step is? Or how do I know what I was made to do? Um, that I think that we can, we can make this a little bit more complicated than it needs to be sometimes. And we can think that our purpose uh, is something that it's actually not. And it's very simple. That for all of us in here, that, that you were created by God with this purpose in mind, to love God, to love people, and to make disciples of Jesus. That no matter if you're, you're a kid in elementary school or you're, you've been an accountant for years and you're about to retire or if you're a pilot in the military, regardless of what that is, that you were designed with the purpose in mind to love God, to love people, and to make disciples. And, and since me and my wife have moved up here to Alaska, you know, we've thought about, you know, just our, our own journeys in following Jesus and how we went from Atlanta to here and, and just God's faithfulness through all of that. And, and even as I was you know, getting ready for this message this week of thinking through, like, what does that look like in my own life? Because I've, I've struggled on both ends of this, of burnout from too much and burnout from too little. And for me, what, you know, when I, I got saved going into college, so that's when I started following Jesus, which is part of the reason why I went to school for six years, because I didn't know what I was, what I was doing. And, and with, with some of that struggle was because I didn't really know or understand what it meant to have that purpose that I thought my purpose was whatever my major was or whatever job I was going to get coming out of college. 
And so when I, when I started following Jesus, I worked at a grocery store part-time just getting, getting through school. And, and so just bagged groceries and, and pushed carts and did like just every job that they had. I just was always bouncing around at this grocery store. And then finally was able to get a job at a church that, that I, I knew I wanted to go into ministry. And so I got a job at a church that me and my wife met at just with, as, on the facilities team. So I was just changing light bulbs and cleaning toilets. And I was like, I guess this is ministry. I don't know. And so, so my, I, I kept moving through these different jobs and these different things and eventually got a job, you know, working at a church and, and uh, becoming a pastor. And then, you know, for, for my wife and I moving to Alaska and feeling like this is where God had called us for this next season of life for hopefully forever to, to be in Alaska doing ministry. And when I'm looking back and seeing what I thought my purpose was, where, where I always thought it was my major, or I thought it was the next job opportunity, or I thought it was this next thing, that that was how I was finding my purpose that God had given me. What I realize now looking back at it is my purpose now being here and getting to be a part of this ACF staff and, and, and our church is the exact same purpose that I had when I was working at a grocery store bagging groceries. That my purpose was to love God, to love people, and to make disciples of Jesus. And that has looked different in different seasons of my life. And that's probably looked different or will look different in different seasons of your life. But, but this is no different than any other job that we have. That, that our purpose is to love God, love people, and make disciples. And so wherever you're at, whatever you find yourself doing tomorrow morning, if that's at school, if that's at work, if that's raising your family and, and taking care of your family, whatever that is, all of those things will change. That there's going to be changes to our careers, there's going to be changes to where we live, there's going to be changes to all of those things. And what's important for us to know is that our purpose always stays the same. And we fight burnout by living out our God-given purpose of loving God, loving people, and making disciples. And even for us as a church, that our church has that purpose in this community. That we want to love and worship God, we want to love people in our community well, and we want to make disciples of Jesus. Whether that's a Sunday morning, whether that's an event that we're doing, whatever that is, we want to do all of those things well. And so the, this morning as we close out with a time of worship, uh, we're also going to have a time uh, of prayer at the front, you know, of anointing prayer, of praying for healing for anybody that wants it. And that for us as a church is a part of our purpose is seeing people be set free and be healed and be able to, to see them take a next step in their own relationship with Jesus. And so as we end uh, this morning, there's going to be people down front, an amazing team of volunteers that, uh, that want to pray for you. That if there's anything you need healing for, for, for physical or emotional or mental, whatever that, that looks like for you, that we want to live out our purpose as a church by, by seeing people come to know Jesus, to be impacted by him, and to see you take a next step in how you're even following Jesus. And so at any point during worship, if you want to come forward with, for prayer, there will be volunteers here for you. But man, I just, I believe so much that, that God wants so much for each of you. That there's so much that God has for you, that there is something that God has uniquely designed you to do. And so I think if we know what our purpose is, that we don't have to get caught up and burn out on either side. That when we know our purpose, that that helps clarify the next step that we need to take. And so tomorrow, as you go to work, as you, as you do what you have to do tomorrow, what is a way that you can say yes to God in that? What is a way that you can say yes to the next step that God has for you to take so you can fulfill that purpose that he's given you? I mean, ACF, if you would, just bow your heads with me as we close out uh, this morning and just uh, would love to pray for you as we ask God to move. And so, Jesus, thank you for who you are. God, thank you that, uh, that we don't have to have all the answers. God, thank you that we don't have to have it all figured out and that we don't have to, to fill up our schedules to do as much as we possibly can or um, to try to do everything on our own. And God, thank you that, that we can have hope 
that we don't have to uh, just let things happen in our life, that we can have hope in who you are and everything that you are doing. And so, Jesus, we pray that you would help us um, stay on the, the path that you have given us with our purpose. God, that you would help us love you and love people and make disciples, God, so that we can just live out our purpose, whatever that looks like. God, wherever it is that, that we are tomorrow, wherever that might be, God, that we would just live out that purpose because, God, you have rescued us, God, that you have saved us, and God, that is worth going out and sharing with others. And so, Jesus, we thank you for the way that you are moving. We thank you for what you have done in our lives. And so, God, we pray that you would get all of the glory and all of the worship in this place this morning. And so, God, we love you. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.